0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, July 31st, 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page Roman numeral 26. That's... XXVI. We're on the third paragraph that begins with the doctor's theory. We're going to be reading just one paragraph and sharing on that this morning. Today's readers and other helpers are Lauren H. for The Steps, Lauren Loretta H. excuse me, for The Steps, Lauren N. for The Twelve Traditions, and the readers of the text are Barbara E. and Liz V. The newcomer greeter will be Dory P. And our host for the second hour is going to be Jen A. The reference numbers for yesterday, which was Thursday, July 30th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 15,076-15076. And the share ID for the 10 A.M. meeting yesterday is fifteen thousand seventy-seven one five zero seven seven. The OA preamble, Overeaters is Anonymous, <clears throat> excuse me, is a fellowship of individuals who do shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask our friend Loretta H. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous for us.
1: Thank you, Penny. Thank you, uh, Anne. Thank you everyone and good morning to my fellow travelers. This is Loretta H, compulsive overeater, anorexic, graced with God's absence for today and recovered for today. One, we admitted we were power, the 12 steps of overeaters anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you so much for letting me do service this month. Have a blessed, blessed day. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Loretta. And now, Lauren, Ann, would you read the 12 traditions, please?
2: Good morning, Penny. Lauren N. from uh, compulsive overeater sugar addict from New York. Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as He may express Himself. In our group conscious, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought never be fully, ought, To be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overties Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction, <coughs> rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity At the level of press, radio, films, television, other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much for letting me be of service in the month of July.
0: Thank you, Lauren. And we appreciate that. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing everyone. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Then once you are done, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order for us to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page Roman numeral 26, that's XXVI, the third paragraph. We're reading just one paragraph and sharing on that, and that paragraph begins with, with the doctor's theory. And I'm going to ask Barbara E. to start us off today with the reading from um, the big book. Good morning, Barbara. Hi.
3: Good morning, and thank you to Team uh, Friday for what a musical month we had with our fearless (laughs) leader. Okay, to get down to business, the doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. (sighs) Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the allergy or is it the mental twist of the mind? I've been pondering that for so long. And you know what? Don't analyze, Barbara. Just utilize. All I know is I was born with an allergy. My allergy was... I just loved to eat, and I never got full. My filler-upper was broken. I would go into my ba- my mother's bathroom and find her chocolate x and eat it. And I'll tell you, I had a shitty day the next day. I would go into her closet and eat the awful cookies that she had. She had no taste in cookies whatsoever. Stelladoro hard as rocks but I would eat them anyway when I babysat I lived in an apartment house in New York City when I babysat I think they had a sign somewhere posted with my picture with a slash through it don't employ this babysitter when you tell her she can have whatever she wants she eats everything in the house and the automat Some people call it the Horn and Hordock, my favorite place in the world. I ate to the point of fullness, and then when I was full, I just lie down, wait for it to settle, and go back and eat more. I ate in the middle of the night. I used to say I only ate one meal all day, but it was 24 hours a day. There is something wrong with my brain, yes. I want to eat. I promised my sponsor I'd stop chewing sugar-free gum. So I started chewing sugar-free Splenda, taking the whole bag of Splenda, putting it in my mouth and chewing it like a piece of gum. Of course, I'm allergic to sugar. Common sense tells me that, but I have no common sense when it comes to food. So I'm willing to accept that whatever it is, the chicken or the egg, I am a good egg, but I'm slightly cracked, and I have an allergy to compulsive overeating, and just as my daughter has an allergy to lobster that requires her to take an EpiPen, I have to accept that when it comes to sugar and spicy and, and uh, salty products, I can't stop. So yes, maybe no explanations. I don't need an explanation. I go to a source of a higher power. I turn to God and I ask the God of my no understanding to help me each day to stay on my food plan, to be kind, to to be gentle, and to pay it forward and backward because I know the only insurance I have against going back into the food that tortured me and killing was killing me is to work with others. And this has been a wonderful month. I pass, I look forward to the rest of your shares. Thank you, and thank you, Penny.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. And so now we're going to take some names for just a minute. Um, for people who would like to share on that paragraph. And just um, know that I will do my very best to hear each one of you. And remember, please, what we ask is that if you've shared in the last um, two days, if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday on any of our meetings, please um, step back and and allow other voices to be be heard. Um, Okay. So, with that, who would like to continue the sharing? Nessa
4: R. Hey, Karen I, I think I heard Nessa R. Uh. and F Larry K. Kay. Karen Kay.
0: K? Okay, whose who's last initial is J? It
4: was K, Karen K? Karen, when you speak, there's, there's a,
0: a kind of a static, but I'll put you down. Karen K. Okay. W. F-W. Okay. Let me just tell you who I have, I have. so far. I have Nessa R., Tina, I need her initial, of her last name, Larry K., Karen K., and Beth W. One more?
5: Sam
6: S.
0: Sam S. I think from Bristol, Rhode Island, is that right?
6: Thanks, honey. It's me. Hi.
0: Okay. So this is Nessa R., Tina, Larry K., Karen K., Beth W., and Sam S. Nice. All right, Nessa I. it's your turn, Nessa.
7: Hi. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. Uh, This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So an allergy as was said yesterday, uh, somebody is uh, unmuted in the background. Um, as uh, was said yesterday, this is the innovation of the doctor because everybody knew there was something wrong with the mind of an alcoholic. They didn't know exactly what it was. they, they guessed the wrong the wrong ailment, uh, but nobody realized about the body, and the doctor is going to explain later that that allergy is a phenomenon of craving. And this is very important to understand because without understanding this, like when I didn't understand this, I had no impetus whatsoever to become entirely abstinent. And therefore, you know, I didn't recover um, until um, I really grasped this concept. Um, There's a lot of noise in the background and it's not coming from me. Like there's a bus or
8: something.
5: uh, I'm
8: taking care of it. I'm taking care of it. Go ahead. Hello. Okay. Can you Hear me? Yeah. Um, Penny, I'm sorry. sorry. Can I interrupt for just a second? This is Leslie W. Um, Penny, I think this th- that the static might be coming from your line. If there's any way you could maybe call back in
4: from my line, yeah.
8: Yeah. Thank you oh. so much, Nessa. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs>
7: thank you. Um, Uh Until I understood the concept of the allergy, I had no impetus of getting entirely abstinent. And why is the allergy a phenomenon of craving? An allergy is an an adverse abnormal reaction to a substance, and everybody has cravings from time to time, so what's so abnormal about that? And the answer is it's in the sequence of events. Like a normal person gets a craving, let's say ice cream, and they eat a bowl of ice cream, and they're satisfied. Um, So first the craving, then the eating, then the satisfaction. For me, I'm not even thinking about the ice cream. I don't have a craving, nothing. I see it, I eat it, then I get the craving. Um, And so that's the first difference, that it comes after I eat it, not before. And the second difference is that no matter how much ice cream I eat, I am never satisfied. A normal person is satisfied. I am never satisfied. My craving is intensified, and that's why I have the biological imperative to eat myself into oblivion no matter how full I am no matter how much my stomach hurts I just have to continue eating and this is why I have to be abstinent 100 percent you know like if my child was allergic to peanuts would I give them um, something that had peanuts in the 10th ingredient if my child was allergic to I don't know fish would I give him something that has fish in the 20th ingredient, and yet, you know, one of my early so-called abstinence definitions was no sugar in the first five ingredients. And no wonder that I couldn't um, keep abstinence. You know, I, I, I just couldn't because I was always having that allergen in my body. I never even went into the mental obsession because I was always in the craving. And understanding this is so key because until – we have entire abstinence. It doesn't matter how hard and precisely and according to the instructions I work the steps, it's not going to work. Entire abstinence is the prerequisite. Uh, for recovery. Uh, It is not a program of abstinence, it's a program of recovery. But abstinence has to precede everything. Um, Otherwise, it's not going to work. And when I understood that, and then I worked the steps, I achieved the recovery that I have now going on now, um, eight and a half years in the same body size, wearing the same summer clothes year after year, without the fear that uh, they're not going to fit. Thank you, and I just want to close by saying that abstinence is, not, is about not, not eating. Recovery, where I am now, is about not wanting to eat, but it starts with abstinence, and with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nelson. thank you for your patience with the
9: uh, interference. Next, we have Tina. Tina, would you tell me the initial of your last name, too? Thanks so much, Penny. Uh, it's Tina S., um, Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow. What a great paragraph and uh, what great shares. If you're barking in the background, it's my dog. And, uh, you know, I love this, you know, because when I came into the rooms, let me just tell you, this paragraph told me that you all were weak and that this was an excuse, an allergy of the body. Come on, just buck up. You know, we're intelligent people. Let's just get this down. And I'm serious. You know, that's why I went, oh, you're all just making excuses for why we eat, and the good news about that was I continue to eat, and so it says, you know, that was my opinion, which, of course, you know, got me in several rooms of um, several 12-step programs, but, you know, what I think I know, and, uh, you know, and then it says, but it's X problem drinkers, you know, as I came in, and when I really looked over my shoulder and saw my experience with food, you know, it made sense, You know, because bottom line was I couldn't explain it any other way, you know, so I kind of just accepted the fact, you know, uh, I came in and and there were people in the rooms that were living happy, joyous, and free, you know, in whom the problem had been solved by a power greater than themselves, and so I thought, what? let's just give it a shot. You know, and the good news is today, I absolutely agree that I have an allergy of the body. And I love that it talked about, I have an abnormal reaction to food. I am not a normal eater. I don't react the same as normal eaters do. I want more. I always want more. You know, and what I know is it's not only, you know, food. You know, my disposition is I always want more. It's never enough, you know. And the solution is the 12 steps, a spiritual awakening. You know, God of my understanding doing for me what I cannot do for myself, but not doing for me what I can. And so I have, and I love that it was said, entire abstinence. I've got to put it down first. Because me, for me, if I'm not out of the food, I don't want anything to do with the rest of y'all. Let me just tell you. Because if I'm still in the food, Tina's still in control, and she's got a plan and look out. But when I come in being entirely absent, and um, you know, I can get that I'm powerless. And that my life is totally unmanageable, and that I can come to believe just being willing to believe in a power greater than myself and then to go on with the rest of the steps. And that's where the solution is. And with that, I'll pass. Great stuff.
4: Thank you so
0: much, Nessa. I mean, excuse me, Tina S. And now, Larry
4: K. Good morning, Larry.
10: Good morning, Penny. Good morning. Uh, Any day the Red Sox had a win, that's a good day, right? That <laughs> tonight too. You take care of the Mets now. You got the Yankees. All right, enough of, enough of that important stuff. Um, you know, uh, so we've heard some great stuff about this allergy, is what we're reading about, and um, let's examine it. You know, the manifestation of my abnormal physical reaction to these substances was was very evident. You know, when I ingested these, you know, say sugary dessert items, for example. Um, my desire for more was not satisfied like a normal person. Um, it was magnified. It was intensified. That's not normal. Now I have a friend at work. That's probably a revelation. I have a friend. I have a friend at work and she, she eats uh chocolate, uh, 365 days a year. Uh, she has a big bowl of Hershey's kisses on her desk. Never misses a day. As long as I've known her several years. Yeah. You know, this woman loves chocolate absolutely loves it now here's the thing as far as i can tell she's never decided to have two hershey's kisses which is what she eats every day and instead had 50 (laughs) right never never happened it it would never occur to her see when she has a hershey's kiss her physical desire for more does not intensify like like mine does never happens I know another guy who's a, at work also who's a wine connoisseur. He, this guy, oh, my gosh, he reads wine magazines. He goes to Napa Valley every, you know, couple, three years with his wife. He buys cases of his favorite wines, talks about them incessantly. He's a member of various wine clubs. Yet I don't think he's ever decided to have two glasses of wine, and I've known this guy a long time, and instead had ten. Never. Never recur to it. See, he doesn't have the allergy that Dr. Silkworth is talking about. You and I, lucky winners that we are in the lottery, we do. Our desire for more does not get satisfied. Now, I'm looking at some cookies right now. My daughter bakes some cookies. It's my mom's birthday. We're going to go have a socially distanced deal. These cookies would not be safe for me. There's some chocolate chip cookies I see. There's some uh, some lemon things here. They all look good. They won't be safe. See, the, the steps, I still have the allergy. If they flew off out of this Tupperware deal down my throat, I, I believe it would absolutely trigger the phenomenon of craving. No question. But the steps didn't have to treat that. They treated the, the mental twist. We'll get into that more later in this, this chapter about the, the strange mental twist. That's what the steps treat. So I, I I can look at these things. I can talk about them. I don't have to hide from them. Don't have to cringe. Don't have to look away. Okay, all that stuff, right? That's what the steps treat is the, the mental twist. But I still have the allergy, and it's very important that we could, you know that we have the honesty about what that is and understand it. Thanks, Penny. We'll take care of the Yankees tonight, right?
0: <laughs> don't tell more than me. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
4: Okay, we're not a going lot around here. Okay, next, Karen Kay. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. I'm, I'm a recovered uh, compulsive reader. My name is Karen, and my credit zone transfer. Is this a better phone? I switched phones. Yes, and it may
0: have been my phone, too. I understand. So we're all okay.
4: right. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I love this. um, I love the whole book. Um, For me, I didn't understand years ago and I would try to um, what I call dancing with my disease and thinking, well, you know, the whole ingredient thing, you know, well, it's the fifth ingredient, it's it's the fourth ingredient, you know, and I find myself in a mess again or trying to control the uncontrollable and, you know, I'm just so grateful that God has blessed me with, with this meeting and, and all you people. Right now, I think we have over 300 people on, on the call right now. Why? I know because the phone started talking to me. No, I haven't lost my mind. It just started talking to me. I'm just so grateful that I know with my heart and surrendering to the steps and the people before me taught me certain foods are not, they're just not my food. And I was at a friend's house um, last weekend, and she had "quote unquote" the food, and it looked like a box of pencils to me. It, it was like I saw it, and and God and God removed it from me. And you know, it's, it's the power of example in uh, OA or whatever twelve-step program you're in or I'm in. I, I need to say, um, as a result of that weekend stay, to the grace of God. Um, her daughter uh, put on uh, 50 pounds, and uh, she took her to a nutritionist. And I said, "Please find someone that specializes in addiction." She's only 17, and for the grace of God, she went and did it. You know, I, I don't want to endorse. You know, obviously, you know, I just think it's great, and and she's taken her through the steps. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, she's 17 years old, and there's hope for that. And I'm just so grateful. For your meeting, your meeting changed my life and helped me dig my teeth into this big book. Take care and God bless and I love you all. Thank you so much, Karen Kay. And next up
0: is Beth W.
11: Hi, good morning, Penny. Thanks for your service this morning. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, Uh recovery compulsive overeater. And, you know, there's the very last sentence. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. I could not figure this deal out. I could not figure out why um, why diets didn't work for me, why um, every other uh, system, program, activity, you name it, I tried it and it didn't work and I couldn't figure it out. I knew I had lots of head knowledge about good nutrition and um, how much, you know, calories burned versus calories in, blah, blah, blah. And and it just didn't work, so I couldn't figure it out. And this allergy, I remember the first time I read this uh, with this group, uh, it was like lightning bolts in my brain, like, what, what is this? I probably had never read the doctor's opinion before that. And, um, um, you know, I'm just so lost for words. I just can't even, you know, share how much that it means to me to know that when I put something into my body that I'm allergic to, that may be totally fine for somebody else, I react differently. I only want more, and um, i I was able to identify another food recently that that um, triggers this allergy for me and causes the phenomenon of craving and then i'm you know and then it, i couldn't i couldn't get at my hand my head around it and i 'm so grateful to have more knowledge more and not knowledge, but more information about me and that um, i don 't have to do that anymore in the steps and uh, trust in the power of the, my understanding or my not understanding um, can remove that obsession for me. So that's all I, I have. Thanks for letting me stumble through this share. Have a great day.
4: Thank you, Beth W. And CMS, it's now your turn.
6: Hi. Thank you, Penny. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. This is Sam S., am a recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Yeah, you know, It was a really long time before I came into program and I ever heard about the allergy. I feel like I would have suffered less, but you know what? It's going to be helpful. It'll be helpful to someone. So I'm grateful for all the confusion and the um, beginning years of program where I just white knuckled it and all. I, uh, and I just didn't understand why things were really hard. Um, you know, the idea here, the theory that we have an allergy, really was the first time that I could put the bat down that I could stop shaming myself you know I would never shame somebody who has cancer who has diabetes I would never shame somebody who has mono and I would never shame somebody who has an allergy and so me seeing that in the text allowed me to put it down because it wasn't that there was something wrong with my will or that there was something wrong with um, you know my um, my gusto and my tenacity there was there's something different about my body. You know, um, when other people are eating certain foods, they're not thinking about the next time that they're going to get it before they even finish the first couple of bites. And that's what I do with the foods that I cannot have. Those are the foods that separate me from God because at that point those foods are God. I spent so much of my life, 20 years of dieting, and looking into magazines and articles and books, trying to find this, you know, 30-pound and 30-day diet miracle. And for me, that was like having a clogged sink and trying to fix it by changing a light bulb. And I never understood that. I always thought that once I got thin, everything was going to be amazing and it was going to be magical, and that was not the case. And yet I just kept on eating these foods and trying to figure out how can I control it? How can I look like Cindy Crawford and eat like Sam? That's what I wanted to do. And I never understood that there was something different in my body that occurred when I eat certain substances. I remember I sponsored someone a long time ago. And she said, well, I don't have an immediate reaction once I eat this food. I'm able to control it. And and I just I just asked when you're eating this food on your special Saturday mornings, are you thinking about the next Saturday? Are you thinking about what you're going to have next week at this particular place? And uh, you yeah, know that person said maybe, and and that's fine. That person is is not in the room. She's she's doing her field work. She's doing her experimenting. But I know for me if I have a food that's currently here, even if it doesn't have my ingredients in there, if I'm really looking at that food and I'm not thinking about God and I'm not pleasant, I really need to dig deep, dig further. Is something in this food or something in this behavior really different than how it would be for a normal person? And I hate using the word normal because it makes me feel like I'm, Wrong or a freak, but I'm I'm not those things. I'm I'm uniquely made. There's a reason why I'm not supposed to have certain foods. That's kind. Oh, okay. Thank you. And and I'm just going to wrap up and say that that is up to my creator. That's not up to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Penny.
0: Thank you, CMS. All right. So to recap, where we are, we're in, uh, on page XXVI, the third paragraph in the uh paragraph that begins with the doctors theory just that one paragraph and we read and we're sharing on that. So
4: who else would like to get into the queue? Melissa C Roz G. Amy G. Okay, who was before Roz G, please?
12: Melissa C.
0: Melissa. Hi Melissa C. All right. And who was after
4: Raz G.
13: Pamela. Pamela G.
0: Pamela.
4: Is that right?
13: Pamela E. Okay.
4: And who else? Amy G. Miriam. Amy G.
5: Yes. Miriam
8: no, H. Would you say that again? Miriam Riska
5: H.
13: Marianne
4: Ripka, H. Is there room for one more? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's room for you.
14: <laughs> okay, thank you. Aliza um, B, like boy.
0: Aliza, okay. All right, so here's the lineup Melissa C, Roz G, Pamela, and I didn't get the last initial, but we will. Uh, Amy G, Marianne Ripka, H. And Melissa. Melissa, would you uh, get us started again? Melissa C.
12: Hi. Thanks, Penny. Good morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York and um you know, I'm I'm not an allergy specialist. Like I don't have um any blood work to prove my allergy. You know, like I have brought my kids before to get tested for allergies and they give you like that test with the pins, and and you find out exactly what you're allergic to. So, right, I'm a layman. I'm not a doctor. I don't have medical qualifications. But I have done, like, endless personal research on this topic, um, you know, throughout all my life. So I definitely, it's the only explanation that makes sense for me. Um, You know, my experience was that even as a very young, young girl, um, I could never, Eat what my siblings could eat peacefully, my eye was always on more, and you know, like I've shared like I knew that at a really young age before before the the cake was cut, I knew there wasn't enough for me, and you know, and I've seen other people like you go out with other people, you socialize with other people, and you walk or I walked around thinking they have tremendous willpower how is it that three of my girlfriends could share a piece of cake and and not you know not finish it between the three of them where i really would want to like stab them with the fork cuz i don't care who i'm with when the cake is present i just want the cake and um you know i um i have this abnormal reaction as i take a bite like I say, then the bite takes me. My desire increases instead of decreases. And normal people have the exact opposite experience. Every time they take a bite, the desire for more gets diminished. And every time I take a bite, the desire for more gets increased. And, you know, and I think about it, if you have, you know, difficulty explaining it, you know, take a glass of water when you're really thirsty and, and drink it. I don't need to exercise willpower not to finish the glass because I reach a point where my thirst gets quenched. And that's how normal people experience food. And if that's not your experience with food, then it's likely you have the allergy too. And what I found out um, was that I needed to figure out, it was really crucial for me to figure out just what I was allergic to. And I had, you know, of course some, Ingredients that became crystal clear, but then I had some other foods, and what worked for me, and I'll quickly say, is I turned the label over and I read the serving size and If the serving size looks like a joke, then I know it's likely alcoholic and um thanks with that, I'll pass Thank you, Melissa C Roz
13: G. It's your turn. Good morning. <clears throat> My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California, and the first time I heard um, this terminology about having an allergy to um, alcohol um, or food in my case, I was listening to some old Joe and Charlie tapes. Um, this was a long time ago, probably uh, 2003 maybe I heard that, listening to the tapes. And uh, they and the guys with their you know their drawl they said well you know you think that it's an allergy is like you're gonna eat some strawberries and break out into a rash <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about you know um, uh, having an abnormal reaction so um i didn't quite get that, but you know at least it was a a good explanation to that and so now when um when uh, I study the doctor's opinion or I'm in a group where we're studying this and this this term comes um it's we 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 call it an abnormal reaction, and the theory is that is generalized thinking it explains it explains phenomena theories do and so I had to study a lot of theories in, in, in my work in, in, it's, it's cool, and, uh, I had that happen to me, um, with chocolate, with, uh, ch- sugar-free chocolate chips, I, you know, I have abstained from chocolate for, I think it's been about two years now, and I didn't understand that, that the chocolate, I had a, a an allergic reaction to chocolate. I didn't get it because I ate it so much that, it you know, my I was just used to feeling like crack. But the last time I ate sugar-free chocolate chips, I was desperately trying to make a chocolate cake without flour. I looked up on YouTube, how can I make, how can I have chocolate without flour? So I looked up this crazy YouTube video and I made a sugar-free chocolate chip cake. And it didn't work out too well, so I just decided to eat the rest of the bag because I was angry about something. So I combined wanting the cake, not being able to eat the cake, and having the bag. And so I just sat at the computer and just shoved those sugar-free chocolate chips in my um, mouth. And that night, I woke up in the middle of the night hyperventilating so terribly, couldn't breathe, and I had to force myself into some kind of breathing. And I had to, re, you know, I had to admit it and go and. Then this was another time that I had relapsed and realized, you know what? I have an allergic reaction to chocolate, and then also uh, Fritos. I had a problem with that, and I like to eat a lot of those. And I put them in my mouth, and the left side of my tongue started to swell. So, um, but that happens whenever I eat foods that are overloaded with chocolate. So. Um, the cleaner I become with food, the more I realize what I have abnormal reactions to. And when I eat them, my body tells me right away it's a phenomenon. <laughs> and so I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. I know that I have allergic reactions to That's some food. Time, and, okay, and with that I pass.
1: Thank you.
4: Thank you, Raz G. And Pamela. I don't think I said that correctly, so would you help me?
15: Hi, thank you so much. This is Pamela E. in Ventura, California. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, world. Woke up again at the perfect time. God meant me to be here today. I'm newly, I'll say newly weighing and measuring. Boy, did I ever resist that thing because God knows that I had so many times on this diet or that diet or my fitness pal or whatever I had to weigh and measure, but this allergy of the body thing was missing out. And that's why some of the pain and yeah. weighs didn't work because I got to to measure and weigh and eat my allergic foods, which just kept me coming back and paying money and sitting in the back and heckling people. And then I was like superior in in OA, watching my good fellows around the world carrying their food sometimes to meetings and carrying their coolers and all those other things. And I resisted that it's like I'm gonna do it my way, and it worked for a long time. I got to my um to my um so called ideal weight by the medical standards, but I was still crazy as alone. My mind was still messed up, and the food wasn't calling me, but boy did I want to fix people and now today, as um just started uh following um uh, you know, um, a food plan from a sister fellowship and wondering why, Why? I guess that would have been like the gray sheet days in OA and some people still do that. Thank goodness that we get to figure it out. I mean, I've been in this thing for like uh, going on eight years and, and, you know, trying to figure it out. And I'm telling you the sanity that is coming, but I'm still crazy as a loon. And thank goodness God gives me a warning. I'm so glad that the food doesn't work anymore. Because if it did, I might have still kept trying it. That mental twist is still there. I have the benefit of having my son uh, live with me right now. And what a pleasure it is because I get to practice recovery with someone else in here instead of having this this medical lab that has nothing. So he had his uh, cake and uh, some bread on the counter. And usually it's like, oh, cake, oh, bread. But that day it was like, oh, cake, oh, bread. It was just that little tiny bit that said, girl, you're going to be in trouble, you know. I didn't want it, but who knows what the next thought was going to be. So I just covered it up, and I still weigh and measure, and I'm two weeks down, and uh, God knows that I'm delusional because um, I went to a friend's house. She made an abstinent meal, but she put one thing on my uh, protein that I don't eat. It's, It's an abstinent thing, but that... I went from feeling so thin in the morning to, like, I gained, like, 25 pounds that evening. So I know I'm a crazy girl, and I still have work to do. And I'm so glad that I get to do it with you all. I get to let go of my fears. I get to speak the truth. I get to do my 10th step, my 11th step, my 12th step. I get to keep listening. I get, get to keep growing. I get to Thank keep you. The- Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your service.
4: Thank you. And the next time uh, we have Amy G.
8: Good morning. Excuse me. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for such an awesome meeting. So for me, I'm a kind of break-it-down kind of girl. So if I have not the breakout and hive allergy, then the allergy is the phenomenon of craving. So if that abnormal reaction, that phenomenon of craving, you know, what exactly is that phenomenon of craving? And for me, I've heard it broken down as as a chemical reaction. And it talks about in the big book where I get a sense of ease and comfort. My reaction in that phenomenon of craving is not hives. It's a sense of ease and comfort. So much so that that phenomenon of craving is that I want more. I want more of ease and comfort. And for me, anesthetizing and escaping, that is what I'm looking for. That is the chemical reaction of the phenomenon of craving. And it really helped for me to break it down and understand what is my reaction. That phenomenon of craving that brings on the sense of ease and comfort, where I want more of that ease and comfort. And you know, I don't know if I was born a compulsive overeater or I abused certain substances to the point that I became a compulsive overeater. I mean, I don't know when I crossed that line or if I was born with it. But like others have said, you know, chicken or the egg, it's a done deal, folks. I know that when I put sugar, high fat, flour and for me volume, oh yeah, let me talk about volume for a second. Because if my reaction in my body is a sense of ease and comfort, I know without a shadow of a doubt That high volume, for me, creates that phenomenon of craving because it starts and triggers that wanting of more. It starts that reaction. And that's why we call it a trigger. And so for me, I mean, I spent years in LA trying to figure that one out and finally give, that I needed boundaries and a line in the sand for when my meal started, when it stopped, and what exactly those actual ingredients were that were physically triggering me. But that made sense to me because why would we have gamblers and ominous? You know, they're not ingesting any substance, but something is creating a reaction in their body, a high from what they're doing. And I can understand that for me with volume as well. So sugar, high fat, flour, volume, of course, the compulsive behaviors. That's why that's added now in the definition of abstinence, refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors chicken or the egg books, I'm done, I'm toast, or I'm cooked, as you say, because I've designed in the debating society, I know, without a shadow of a doubt, when I put those substances into my body, I am without power to stop, that is what happens to my body physically, and the chemical reaction that goes with it, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Amy G., uh, now we have just about five minutes for two more people, so you just be real with that and maybe cut your short, your shading just a little short. Mary Ann Wiska H. Sorry, Faye. Uh,
5: sorry, can you call Mary Ann Wiska?
10: Let's
5: see. No, I'm looking for Mary Ann Wiska H. Are you there? Yeah, this is Mary Musta. Sorry, I'm gonna keep it short. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for your share. I just wanted to quickly comment on it you is know, many things which we could not otherwise account. And I experienced this, um, with when I was a teenager and going to a therapist for my eating disorder. And I would tell her, Oh, you know, I binged last night after dinner and she would want me to figure out, well, what happens at dinner? That triggered you, that made you upset, that made you binge. And I couldn't figure that out. I couldn't account for the binge. And hearing this, that it's not because something triggered me, it's not necessarily something stressful, but it's an allergy that mandates me to eat more and more, really gave me the really put the piece into the puzzle for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you,
4: and thank for taking the and now, Elisa B., you're going to be our last cheer for the day, Elisa. Elisa B., is Elisa B there, please? Hello? Hello? Yes. Okay, sorry, I thought I was
14: unmuted. Elisa B. Hi, I'm Elisa B, a compulsive overeater, food addict. Um, It's been a long time since I shared on this meeting, and um, it just occurred to me when I was listening to other people's shares about this idea of the allergy. Um, You know, without this constant repetition of what what I have, I do forget all the time. I, I was absent for 12 years and I'm now hopefully coming out of a two-year relapse. Um, I only have four days today, but I've had about 24 days, um, and then, or maybe more, and then I pick up again. And when I try to think back to what exactly happened to me, um, I, I like how someone distinguished between abstinence and recovery, um, because I, mean, I had recovery. I had abstinence for sure, and I had recovery, um, but I guess, the mental obsession gnawed into my recovery a lot, and just what I remember hearing was, I got into, I was so, you know, physically fit and everything. By that time, I'd lost eighty pounds, and I had become a spin instructor at a local gym, and I guess my ego had just taken off, and I really thought. I got this thing. I don't eat, and I, I don't eat sugar, flour, wheat, or a lot of things I didn't eat. I weighed and measured. You know, I was at the pinnacle. I had, I had arrived. And then I'm teaching spin, and everything is great. And then I got in with some people who started talking about, like, innate health and some of these other um, ideas where the main, the main process is to not identify yourself with anything negative. Like you always have to think that you're always innately healthy, and you could always, um, you you can always do all the things you want to do. And that sounded very appealing to me because my one instructor in that program said, "I think it's terrible that you stand up at meetings and call yourself a compulsive overeater." That's like that's your compulsive overeater in your core, and um, and that rang to me at that time because even though I, I, um, tried to stand up to it a little bit by saying, "Well," it's not a negative label, it's not, it's just who I am, I have to identify who I am, it tripped up that part of me that wanted to be quote-unquote normal, so I'm so glad that people we we're, were trying to sort of attack that word normal, because I don't want to think, I think what tripped me up is that I was thinking of myself as abnormal, and and both in my physical abstinence and in my spiritual abstinence I kept honing in on that word that I'm abnormal I'm abnormal and that's why I have to work the steps and I'm abnormal and that's why I have to eat this way and once that idea took over it was just too hard for me and that was what was curtains for me with my abstinence was and showing that I'm not recovered because I kept not accepting who I really was but not loving who I really was and not believing that God created me just as I am and I'm not I'm not worse than anybody because I have an abnormal reaction to food. And um, I just, I guess I just wanted to share that, put that out in the light of day because I'm always afraid of various friends of mine in OA and other people that get into these programs where they start value, evaluating whether it's natural, normal, abnormal. And, um, I'm trying to not put a value judgment on myself about that. It just is the way I was created. you, Eliza. Thank you.
0: Oh, okay. Um, but you do want to finish your sentence, anyway. All right. Thank you so much, everybody who's shared and everyone who's helped this morning. Um, And so please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, which is Friday, July 31st, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 15,081-15081. Okay, And before we um, read the selection from page 164, I want to thank everybody who's been part of Team Friday for the 7 a.m. meeting for the month of July. We really appreciate all your help. And so now I'm going to ask Liz V. to read the... The uh, paragraph on page 164, that starts with, Our book is
16: meant to be suggestive only. Liz? Thanks. Hi, it's Liz V. Thanks for being recovered in Raleigh. Thanks for allowing me to serve this month. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.